0: God is good, amen? Yeah. Amen. Are you guys ready? Yeah. This series has been so cool. I've gotten like some, some mixed feedback, right? You know, because it's a cutting one. You know, it's like a cutting series because I think it was the magnitude of responsibility that we felt. You know, I don't know, the last couple of weeks, did anyone, like, were you in a social circle and someone said something you disagreed with and it affected you more than it normally does? Anyone? Yeah. Hey, a little bit? I did. I, I was like that, hey? You know, okay, normally I'm like that. Not even about God things. Like, if you say something I disagree with, I'm like, listen, yeah. no, I'm <laughs> but, uh, but I felt like it. I'm like, wait, hold on. Why, why would you say that? You know, and you, like we've been talking about starting those conversations, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, people can believe what they want to believe. But we want to make sure that in that mix of beliefs that they have, that we're putting the light in there. Amen? we got to put the light in there. we got to put the truth of God's word in there so that they can ultimately come to believing in Christ. Amen? They've got to come to walk in the freedom that Christ is offering and, consequently, affecting our communities. Amen? Our families, everything like that, you know? So, uh, I think, yeah, last week we finished off on the qualify, qualification thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, one thing that I got feedback on was that um, I mentioned something in the middle of the, of the actual session. And there was... That, you know, if, if there was... Because, you know, this is all about us using our vote, getting out there, uh, uh, knowing our stuff, taking a stand, so that we don't just get run over. And I mentioned something last week that really struck a few hearts, and that was, I said, if they're having a local uh, community meeting at the local hall, and um, it's all about, should we change the framework of marriage? Should we change the constitution of the marriage? And now the government is there, and... Uh, You've been divorced once or twice in your life. Now they're having this thing down the road, and you need to go and put your vote in. And now what happens is in your heart, you believe in the Word of God, but what happens is you feel disqualified to go and voice. Amen? Why? Because you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your track record. And this is exactly how the enemy destabilizes the body of Christ. Amen? This is how he steals, kills, and destroys. Are you with me, family? This is what he does. He makes us look at ourselves. He makes us take, a, take stock of our, our, our flaws, take stock of our track record. And just as we want to stand up with our chests out, proud about who Christ is, what Christ has done, how Christ's life has changed the world, we stop in our tracks and we go, geez, am I qualified to have a say? How can I go speak about marriage? I mean, I've just been through a divorce. Who's laughing? (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny, man. (laughs) Are are you with me? Now, how many, this happens in so many different uh, spheres of our lives. I mean, it could be a fact that we have a, a wayward child, you know, and now the school is calling the, a PTA meeting. I don't know if they still call it a PTA, but they used to call it those days. And they want to discuss uh, uh, discipline in the school and how things should be changing at the school. And, and, you know, number one thing is, guess what? We're going to take prayer out of the school and there's going to be no Bible reading. But your child is the wayward one. Immediately you disqualify yourself. You're like, I can't go there and, 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 and voice my, my opinion. I can't go there and speak up for, for the Word of God. My child's the one that's in the principal's office every day. Nonsense. It's not the way it works. 100%. Amen? Yeah, come on. We can't disqualify the Word because of fallen people. That's it. Do you know that the devil and atheists, just listen to them carefully on, on, on the Internet, The first way they try to cancel you as a Christian is, they say, if your God is so great, why are there babies dying of cancer? If your God is so true and the word is so true, okay, why, how can you speak about it? You've gotten divorced. You've got sickness in your body. You've got this issue. You've got that issue. And that's how they try to cancel us. That's how they try to immobilize the body of Christ. And this is why it's so important that we know who we are in Jesus. That's it. Amen? 100%. Turn to the person next to you. Look them deep in the eye and say, let's get this straight right now. You're fraught. You're fraught. Okay? <laughs> you are fallen. You're full of flaws. Full of flaws yeah. Every, day, Every day, your own thoughts, your own thoughts are going to let you down. Your own feelings your are going to discredit you. But you must, you must stand, stand. In, what in what the Word says about who you are. Who you are. Just, because Just because I'm full of mistakes doesn't mean my God's not perfect. God's not perfect. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Come on. Give Him a round of applause. Come on. Do not let them disqualify you. Do not disqualify yourself. Amen? You have... Listen... You believe in the framework of marriage. You believe what the word says about marriage. Okay, so you messed up. Get over it. But that doesn't make that, that framework a flaw. It doesn't make the framework faulty. Yeah, that's right. God's never called you to be good. He's called you to believe in the one who was good. God knows why you need Jesus. That's why he sent him. Amen? Amen. So how do we approach this, Bash? How do, we, how do we get this across to the world? How do we stand in confidence? How do we walk in victory? You know, because this is how the enemy steals. That's it. He has to steal your confidence. If you have no confidence, you will not voice anything. You will not vote. You will not voice. You will do nothing. You will sit back in your room and you'll play church. Remember what we said last week, we don't go out there and burn down federal buildings. That's not the way we do it. We don't go out there with war war paint on our faces and take things by force. Remember? We spoke about that last week. But how do we do it? The opposite to that is what the church does. What does the church do? The church has imaginary sword fights in their prayer room. They put on their red coats and, devil, I will run this through you like a, you know, and then when it, comes to, when it comes to real life, we've got no sword. Are you with me? We've got nothing. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Guys, there's two extremes. We, we're supposed to be right in the middle. Yeah. We're not shadow boxing, and we're not taking things by force, but we're standing on what the Word says about us and who we are and what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Amen. You are qualified through Christ. Stop disqualifying yourself through, through this low self-worth in life because you look at your track record. Mm. Men, this is South Africa. Even convicts become presidents. I'm serious. Guys, no jokes.
0: It's so bad.
1: You must understand, <laughs> Okay, that was a bad joke, in the middle of such an epic moment. But but we've got to understand this. You know, I had a cousin at 16. He was caught um, stealing motor cars. And he was actually 15, going on to 16, and he wasn't really a bad kid. He was just hanging around with a bunch of um, delightful folks. And uh, what happened was he got caught. The other guys didn't get caught, and he landed up going to reformatory school. And then... Uh, he was in reformatory school, and somehow the, the sentence changed, went back into court, and the next moment they sent him to Pretoria Central. And let me tell you something, this kid went into, I remember I was two years younger than him. His name is Jason, and I, and, I, and I was like, what the heck? When he came out, man, this guy was so defeated. He was so finished, but he was highly intelligent. He was super sharp in everything that he did, great with his hands, could fix any motor car, he could do anything. But let me tell you Sonny, he walked around with this label on himself that he was a convict, that he, was a, that he had a record. And let me tell you Sonny, before he would go into a job interview, he would say to me and my brothers, there's no way I'm going to get it. I've got a record. Yeah. Everything. There was a girl that he really loved that lived in the neighborhood. He's like, she's way out of my league. Her dad will never let her date me because oh, I've got a record. And he just kept looking at himself, and he just kept disqualifying himself. And eventually, he disqualified himself to a place where he resigned to, this is my low self-worth, this is my my self-worth, it's right down here. And he couldn't get out of it. He just lived his whole life there and eventually became a drug addict and killed himself. Very sad. But you see, that's the modus operandi of the devil. He wants to come and convince you of your record. He wants you to build an image of God through your faults. How can you believe in a God, a great God, when you have pulled his image down to you? He said he made you in his likeness and image. Why every day are you building a new image of him through your flawed life? It's not the way it's supposed to work. We're supposed to believe, amen. No matter what we're going through, amen.
0: Yeah. Hello. That's it. Yeah. And it, and it's really, you know, it's it's the poison of religion that has crippled the church in this regard, you know, because no way in Scripture do we have any example of anyone who was perfect except Jesus. <laughs> You know, from the beginning, Jesus was the only one who God didn't have to contend with. (laughs) Because he listened. I mean, really, can you imagine the relief on God when when Jesus came up at the baptism and he's like, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then God could relax because finally there's someone who wasn't living his life to serve himself but was walking one with the Father. Amen? Amen. You, you go back and you look, Moses, Moses is the alpha leader. You know, there, there probably wasn't a better leader than Moses in the Old Testament. How could I say that? Because Moses was trained by God himself on the mountain, okay? No one else had that, Moses, okay? But this is what Moses does. He comes down off the mountain. He sees what they're all up to, okay? Breaks the tablets, tells all the guys, come, we're going to go kill all these guys. Kills 3,000 people, Thousand three thousand. <laughs> 3,000 Kills 3,000 people, shakes the blood off him. He's like, yeah, just clean up. I'm coming back now. Goes back up the mountain. What do you think the conversation was like when he got back up there? God was like, uh, Moses? Yeah, yeah, no, don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? Uh, Moses? No, yeah. So anyway, number one, thou shalt... What? What was... What, what do you think it was like? You know, and, and throughout the Old Testament, you read all their stories, man. You know, you talk about uh, uh, um, convicts becoming presidents, right? David was a king who murdered. You know, all these kind of things. But the thing is, as much as we have these examples and there are lessons to learn, the focus of the Bible is never these people. It's the God of these people. Are you with me? Right? Go read the book of Acts if you haven't read it in a while. Refresh yourself. Because I'm telling you, you watch what these apostles had to do. Imagine the man called to the Gentiles. Was the one killing the Christians. Listen. Let me tell you, if I found out this, this soul of Tarsus was, uh, was killing Christians and then he's coming to say, Jesus is the one who saves you. Doesn't that sound like those guys in the white panel vans who give you sweets and say, come with me? <laughs> Hello? This is a bit crazy, right? He's like, he's telling us to become Christians so he can kill us. This guy. Are you with me? But what did he do? He says, listen, my past is my past. <laughs> but the word of God is the word of God. Are you guys with me? And now the thing is this, and, and this is why, you know, we probably spent a lot of time in the last two years talking about walking in faith, guys. And that's what it looks like. See, if I'm walking in faith, it's purely with God as my focus. You with me? When I'm speaking about his word, exactly in that, that thing there. Paul, you know, Paul himself, <laughs> you read in it, is it 2 Corinthians? Yeah, 10, 11, 12. You know when he's dealing with the super apostles? You know, you guys know the super, some some translations actually put it like that, you know, because he's actually being sarcastic, you know? Super apostles
1: become doctors today. Yeah, 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 that's the thing.
0: Doctors and, uh, oh yeah, it's apostle then doctor, eh? Jeez. So the doctor apostles, right? So he's talking to, to the church at Corinth and he's explaining to them. You're listening to these super apostles, and he starts talking about himself, and it's almost as if he's being a bit facetious. He's like, I know I can't speak well, and I can't write well, and I don't have all these stories and all these things, and, and you're reading it, you're like, you were the you were the ultimate Pharisee. I mean, you're a Roman citizen. You know, you sit on the councils of councils. You do all these things, but when he's conveying it, he's making himself so unqualified. Why? For the sake of the word. In, in some parts, he even goes as far as to say that Christ is everything and I am nothing, right? Does that mean that Paul was useless? By no means. <laughs> Go back and check. He was not useless. Trust me, right? He, he, he argued and debated on the biggest stages, okay, to the point where there are even uh, um, academic groups that actually vote him as one of the most brilliant minds in the modern world because of his level of reasoning, But the question is, why would someone who is on that level think that of himself? Are you guys with me? It would then follow that we think too much of ourselves. Because you see, Paul, who had all the gifts and all the the, the education, the arguments, the everything, right? He says, no, I'm nothing. It is only Christ who is everything. But the modern-day church says, "Ugh, you know what? I'm too fraught. Christ's uh, word is useless. Are you guys with me? We've been told you must do good before the word matters. No, you must remember that God sent Christ even when we were sinners. When we had him as an enemy in our own minds, the Bible tells us that he sent Jesus. So in no part ever, guys, did we earn any of this. In the same way, when we talk about the word of God, we have not earned the right to talk about it. Are you guys with me? The Bible even tells us that God holds his word above himself. Now, here's the thing. And I had to, I had to deal with this in the beginning when we started, uh, um, when I started, like, coming back to God. You know, because when you grow up in a Christian household, it's very rare that you're actually walking with God. You know, because, no, it's true. I'm being honest, right? Because, and, and you, can, uh, uh, you can test it. You know, the, the percentage of people who are actually walking with God is quite low, right? Because Why? I used to go to church because I knew. If I don't go to church, I'm going to get something when mom comes back from church. Okay? And it's not the blessing of the Lord. My blessed assurance was involved, but it was not the blessing of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I used to go, I used to go hang out with my friends. And on Saturday Saturday night, they'd be like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm like, yeah, cool, guys. We'll go the whole night, whatever. But Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, I just have to go to home quickly. I'm going to shower, whatever. I'm going to go to church, and I'll see you guys afterwards. They look at me. Like, what? It's like, no, 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 guys, I can't, I can't skip church. No ways. Why? No, my, my mom's going to finish me, right? <laughs> now, now, the thing is, well, praise the Lord. I'm a pastor today, so well done, mom. Yeah, praise the Lord. But, but the thing is, is that uh, um, when, you, w- when you grow up in a Christian household, you know, you don't have, oftentimes, you're not given the confidence in the word. Are you with me? Because Christianity becomes part of culture, not walking with God. So in the beginning, I had this thing that whatever I say about God's word, I must sustain it. Are you with me? Whatever I say, or even if the Holy Spirit leads me to tell someone something, right? I felt a pressure that I must deliver on that thing. Are you guys with me? If you go and preach the gospel, if you go and preach John 3.16 to people, right? What part do you have in it? Can you save anyone? Anyone? Can you forgive sins? Are you going to lay your life down to pay the price? You blemish lamb you. Because <laughs> Jesus is the spotless lamb. Do you get it? Right? So how then is any other part of his word any different from that? Are you guys with me? Right? Because now if we go and we talk about marriage, for example, in there. And let's say uh, marriage is, we're using that example. And let's say yours is going rough. Right? It doesn't mean that marriage is bad. It just means you're in a dip or you hit a bottle or a speed bump, whatever it's going to be. Are you guys with me? And, I, I, and we spoke about this last week where we said, you know, when you start spending a lot of time in God's word and you start accepting the truth, what it helps you do is to see clearly, right? What does that mean? It means that when the truth appears, many things can be true at the same time. Are you guys with me? Right? Is it a bad situation? Yes. Is God still good? Yes. The situation has nothing to do with God. Is that person upset? Yes. Is God good? Yes, God's still good because that person can still be upset. Are you guys with me? Right? It is God who sustains his word, guys. And we need to remember that because if we don't hold on to that, it even affects our personal walk with God. Are you with me? Amen? Are you guys with me? Now, this is, a, this is a bit of a tricky thing because we are terribly self-conscious. Look at the person next to you say, hey, stop being so self-conscious. <laughs> now, what do we, what, when we say self-conscious, what are we talking about? We're talking about qualification, right? Qualification. So, for example, like, did you coming up here to sing, right? I'll never sing next to you. Praise God, right? <laughs> because I'm self-conscious of my singing ability when I hear you sing. Right? I'm not going to play guitar
1: next to you either.
0: (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) But the thing is, basic example, but when we are walking with people in our lives, we become very self-conscious if we are walking under the law. If we are walking with the same yoke to earn favor with God, to stop all these things, to work out condemnation, the dead works that the Bible talks about... We will never have confidence to tell people the truth about God's Word because we become hypocrites. How dare you come here and tell, look at your life. Are you guys with me? Yep. Now, here's the thing. This is why Paul says that we are justified by faith. Amen? You know, you know the funny thing is, Bash, what you're saying there is, have you,
1: ever speak, spoke, speaking. Speaking. have you ever spoken to people that haven't been to church for a while and you ask them, why don't you go to church anymore? It's like... You know, they're all hypocrites. I don't want to go and be at church. We disqualify even the, the body of Christ because of hypocrisy. But that's such, a, that's such an anti-Christian uh, uh, thing or mindset to have. I'm not going to go there with hypocrites. First of all, we're judging ourselves and other people. And second of all, what we're saying is the entire institution of church that God created doesn't work. That's what you're actually saying. Right? God said, gather, God put this thing together. Now, what we're saying is that we don't need it or it doesn't work because everybody there is hypocrites. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody there is a written epistle of Jesus. Mm. That's what the Bible says. It says that you are a written epistle. I mean, Paul was saying this to the Corinthians. I mean, how many of you guys know that the Corinthians were flawed a flawed church? To, to say the least. To say the least. <laughs> I mean, they would have uh, uh, sexual orgies in, in, in the gatherings unto the Lord. And Paul's like, you're a written epistle of Jesus Christ. It's like, excuse me? Those guys are a written letter. <laughs> yep. Because, like you just said now, nah, things are going wrong in my life. Is God still good? Yes. If I've got sin in my life, am I still a saint? Yes.
0: You're a, You're
1: a saint. Why? Not by your own doing, but by Christ's doing. That's it. Amen? Yeah. And now, we've got, to be, we've got to be careful yeah, because you see now, one moment we can judge ourselves and call each other hypocrites and whatever and give up on the whole idea of church and fellowship. On the other hand, we can say, you know, I'm a sinner, God accepts me just as I am, and then never love according to that, to that call that God's calling us 100%. to. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. He's calling us to be separate. He's calling us to be holy. He's calling us to walk like a champion, even though you're stumbling. Mm. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And we've got to get that settled in our hearts. Yeah. He's calling you to that place. Yes, He accepts you as you are. It doesn't m- mean that His stuff doesn't work because you are, fo- are fallen. But at the same time, He doesn't want to leave you where you're at. Mm, mm.
0: So this is the balancing act. Are you with me? Yeah, 100%. Hello? And just on the hypocrisy thing, you know, one more thing I want to say on that. Because everyone's heard that, right? I don't like Christians. They're hypocrites. You guys heard that before? You'll hear it from atheists. You'll hear it from whatever. Um, and, And the truth is, is that those who are under law will be. They will be like that before men. Because what they are doing is that you must do X, Y, and Z to be justified before God. And then they'll turn around, and they'll say, oh, but you're not doing it. How are you justified? You know, and, and that's that poison of religion that I was talking about, is that um, the standard of the gospel is that, listen, the, the gospel is actually more radical than just saying do good things. Because the gospel is you can die to self and be alive to Christ. Are you guys with me? The gospel is saying you must believe that his work is good, his work is enough, and now you have access to God. Are you with me? That's more radical than just changing your bad habits. Amen? It's more radical than just fixing your speech and you, all these kind of things. It is at the core of your heart to say, wait a minute, this thing that I'm carrying that's disqualifying me from God... Christ has dealt with. Amen? And this is, how, this is how beautiful the gospel is. Because even in the body of the church, right? Christ's body. Even when we preach that message, do you know that no one will feel condemned? Because no qualification is attributed to you. Think about this. If you preach the true gospel, you're telling people, listen, you're doing what you're doing. We're not overlooking that or saying it's invisible or anything like that. But what we're saying is that Christ is offering a justification by faith for you to connect with God. Oh, what about my behavior? What about all these things? It's like, well, you first need to experience the grace of God to stop all those things. Otherwise, go be Muslim. I'm serious. Go be a Buddhist. Go be all these things, right? And when we, when we choose to stand in that word, the good news, the gospel, right? What's going to happen is that people will realize that, wait a minute, the accountability is on them. Are you guys with me? The accountability is on them. It's not about I'm acting now to be accepted. I'm speaking now to be accepted. I wish I could be loved and all these things. God has made his position absolute, clear. He loves us. Amen? Christ's work is finished. And when we speak the gospel to people, we place the responsibility to deliver on that word on God. And we place the accountability on people to receive it. Are you with me? Because you must remember, what is the basic thing? What, what always happens? You know that boss at work, that hectic one. You guys ever worked with bosses that uh, work is their entire purpose? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? You know, like, like they just live for work. They are an hour early and they leave an hour later. You know, you know one example I had one time, we're preparing for your end. And I'm chilled, I'm cool, everything's done. So the boss is like, no, we're not doing enough. We all need to come in on a Saturday. I'm like, excuse me? Now, the salary structure is you don't get paid if you work overtime. Yeah. Only wage people, right? So I'm like, what? Come in on Saturday, why? So I stand up. I'm like, okay, what do we need help with? Let me, let me, no, 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 we all just got to come in on the Saturday. I'm like, no way, but that is not happening. I'm sorry, I'm busy, right? But what happened? Okay, I had to come in anyway. I watch YouTube, but it's not it You a Seventh-day Adventist, <laughs> not there? <laughs> yeah. But what happens often the minute someone who wants to come with that justification of standards and, and doing things right, the minute they put the standard in place, what happens the next day or the next week? They miss the same standard. But they've already put the pressure, the condemnation, the judgment on people who don't meet that standard. Are you guys with me? So when we talk about this hypocrisy thing, guys, this is where it comes from. It's the foolish uh, poison of religion. Amen? So if we want to stand on God's word, like what you're talking about now, if we want to stand on God's word, we got to make sure that we're not standing it in any religious way. Amen? We have to stand in it in the same way, like like, like what you were saying, like, um, you know, the pride march, you know, that they did. Was it this year or last year? Whatever. Yeah, pride month, right? Pride. Anyway, but so, so your angle was, no, let's do a humility march. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, just because sin looks different in you than it does to me, right? The truth is we both need Jesus. Hello? Are you with me? We all need Jesus. So fight for all what you want to fight. We're just saying your fight's not going to result in anything because only Jesus can fix it. Even if you get all the rights you want to get, that you can even dream of, which you're not going to get. But even if you want to fight for and and get all those things, it's not going to fix anything. You're still not going to have your peace. You're still not going to have your wholeness. You're not going to have forgiveness, acceptance, justification. Amen? And when we tell people things from God's word, guys, we must make sure that it doesn't come across, do this to get somewhere or to be justified. We must give it as this is what is available in Christ. And you know what the next question is? How do I get it? You just believe. (laughs) They don't understand that believing is dying to (laughs) self.
1: Exactly. So what we're saying is go out there and be a leader, guys. Amen? But don't be a leader like that. That puts standards on people that you can't even keep it yourself. Amen? Go out and lead by love. That's it. Because I was first loved, now I'm able to love. Because I am loved, I am lifted even when I fall. If you can live like that in front of people, they'll listen to you. They'll believe you. They'll walk with you. They'll trust you. They'll say, take the, take the lead. I trust you. You're not going to condemn me. You're not going to disqualify me because you yourself know how weak you are. Amen? Yep. That's how we lead by love, folks. Yeah. Let's just go. We're going to end off with a scripture here. Second, uh, Second Corinthians 3 verse 4. And let's just have a look at this. By the way, Tanith is on uh, AV for the first time. Let's give her a round of applause, guys. Awesome. Well done. It's a good thing I mentioned that, eh? (laughs) Okay, we're going to go from four all the way to six, okay? And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Amen. Next verse. Mm -hmm. God is sufficient for you right now, Darwin, thank you, (laughs) yeah, we skipped six, Here we go, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life, Amen. amen, come on, that's the word of God, that's the word of God. He says, even though you flawed, even though you messed up, even though you've got all these things going on in your life, He says, if you believe Him and you believe His Word, He'll make you an able minister of His new covenant. Amen? Amen? The old covenant disqualified everybody. The new covenant, the Spirit inside you, the Holy Spirit that has perfected your spirit man, He will transform your soul man. So that you will be the letter of God, the uh, written epistle of God that every man can read from, every man can partake of. Amen? And only he can do that. So go out there. You need to go make a stand. You need to take a stand in the family bra, at the school, at, the, at your work, in the office place, whatever. If there's injustice taking place, do not count yourself. Do not credit anything you have to say from yourself. Go and speak the word, speak the truth, stand for the truth, and set people free, and do it in love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, give God one more big round of applause. Thank you, Jesus.